Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Yarns from the Plain. Happy New Year. Okay. I know we're nearly out of January. Today is January the 28th. But I did tell you I needed to take, you know, a little bit of time for schoolwork. And that's precisely what I've done. So this is the first time I've podcasted this year. So I think Happy New Year is appropriate. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. And if you're a new listener, hello. Come on in. Sit down. Grab a cup of tea or coffee. Or even a gin. Let's see how we go. In this episode, I'm going to give you an update on my projects, a Woolsack update, a not-quite-as-promised review, and maybe a little bit of a think about what's coming up this year. So, projects. When I last spoke to you, I had started my rainbow liesel, the liesel I was making out of the scrap swap fibre, that I'd spun into the rainbow colours, but had added to at various points. Well, I finished it. And in many ways, I'm really happy with it, and in some ways, I'm not. So, let me explain. In my head, I had quite a long line cardigan with an Aran weight yarn, starting with red at the top and going down to the purple. That plan was slightly thwarted by a number of things. One, I didn't spin and ply an Aran weight yarn. It's chunky, super chunky in some cases. So I didn't have the yardage to make the length that I want. The other thing is that the reason it's not as long as I wanted it is that I am wider than I want to be. So mathematically, if you've got to make it wider, it can't be as long, can it? So two things thwarting me there to get the long line look I was after, but then I'm kind of not a long line shape, so maybe I just need to accept that. I found it a really, really easy pattern to follow. I know when it was first published, there were some problems with lining up the patterns on the right sleeve, and it took quite a while before the designer, Isolga Teague, actually published an update to the pattern, and a lot of people had managed to work it out for themselves, but were not massively impressed that even though she was aware of the problem she hadn't come back with a a fix for it but it is now up and therefore an easy pattern to sort your way through if you can do feather and fan you can do this pattern it works really really well I had a a small problem at one point with the sleeves I, I didn't know whether I just had too much gin over the the New Year holiday. I told you I was blaming it entirely, my gin consumption on uh, the sheep uh, over at Hoxton Handmaid's podcast, Electric Sheep. It's obviously been sending me subliminal gin messages uh, and I started drinking gin this Christmas. I spun, I, I took separate bits of fibre to spin one skein for each sleeve that ran through the rainbow colourway. But of course that was before I then decided to spin some yellow to go in the middle. So I knew I was going to have to break the yarn to put the yellow in. However, at one point I had snatches of green in the orange, which if you think about the colour of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, indigo, 
no, indigo violet, oh, see, too, too early on a Saturday morning, was going to cause a bit of a problem. So at one point I was nibbling through my yarn like some kind of demented fibre-addicted mouse and trying to spit-splice the pieces together to get the colours in exactly the right place so that they would match and so that the yellow would ma Oh, just, what a trauma. One sleeve went like a dream. Second sleeve, honestly, I think there must be about six joins in it. It's just ridiculous. It's a good job that it's all pretty much natural wool and it felts together when you spit splice it. Honestly, no one would want to be unpicking that. A bit of a trauma. Um, I finished it with almost a bit of a trauma as well. I was knitting down, oh, a couple of weeks ago now. Maybe been three weeks ago now, actually. Could be two or three weeks ago. I was definitely watching a Sherlock, and I think it was the Hounds of the Baskerville episode, so that would uh, put me in mind of it. And I got to the point where I needed to do my cast-off row. You have to cast off after the second row of the pattern repeat. And I had 14 grams of yarn left, and I knew from the measurements I'd been taking over the previous couple of rows that I needed around about 23 grams, so I wasn't going to be able to cast off. And I knew from the sleeves where I'd cast off in a different point that it just didn't look as nice if you tried anything else, like, for example, putting two rows of garter stitch and then casting off. It it looked okay, but it didn't look as nice as casting off after the second row of the pattern. So I sort of looked at it and I thought, well, I'm going to have to rip back and waste quite a bit of yarn if I go back to the previous pattern repeat and cast off there but I haven't got enough to go on so I took advantage of the fact that my husband was away and that I'd had the flooring put down in the conservatory oh it was so exciting I had flooring it was lovely um that I took <laughs> there was nothing in there it was bare walls <laughs> bare plaster walls no furniture. I hoid a, a chair in and I took my spinning wheel in and I ended up spinning the very first fibre I'd ever bought that came from Soctopus when I picked it up with a spindle kit and it was Blue Face Lester in various purples with some white and I basically spun that up and made an extra purpley section um, so I was able to rip back the last skein, the last sort of pattern a bit, put this in, actually put enough in to make another whole pattern repeat extra and then enough to get to the end of that cast on row so the length was a little bit longer so it finishes just sort of just above or just on my natural hip line um I'm really really pleased with it I've not blocked it I have woven in ends and then I had sort of tails of the ends waiting for a blocking and then to to finish uh, and, and finish them off properly but I'm afraid to say last weekend I was too eager to wear it to spinning so I kind of tucked the loose ends into the, st into the stitches god I'm such a scruff such a scruff and um, put it on to wear to spinning because I just I was I was really keen to to wear it and what was really nice was that a number of people at Spinning Guild went wasn't that the yarn that you entered into the members competition in November and it was like yeah I turned it into this cardigan Look at me, I've knit with my hand spun, which, you know, in the spinning guild really isn't supposed to be that much of an achievement, but it is for me. Apologies if um, when you listen to this there is a little bit of background noise there. Some of you will have noted from the, the slight tone that again I'm in the conservatory, 
we have now painted walls and my, a rug and little bits of furniture. The only thing we're waiting for is the sofa, which is coming today. I'm so excited, I can't believe it. Once that's in, then my spinning wheel moves in permanently. <gasps> How exciting is that? I have finished my liesel, including spinning a little bit of extra for it. And really, I haven't knit anything else. In fact, for the last two weeks, during the week, I've not knitted at all, apart from one night where I knit one and a half rows of something, uh, a cushion back. I've, I've really not had the... Um, not the inclination, because I wanted to, but I really literally have been dog-tired. It's been uh, a very busy time at school. It's been the assessment period where we do all the um, uh, midpoint assessments and compare them to the ones they did back in the summer and see how much progress they've made. Or in the case of my class, again, um, with a, a problem, you know, with one particular subject area. Ah, it wouldn't be so bad if I wasn't actually the subject leader in that area. So, um, you know, I've got some children who are causing me some concern I need to find something else for them what I'm doing with them isn't working and I need to find another way to approach it um, but hey that's you know outside the realms of this podcast however what it did mean is that it has cut down my productivity enormously um, in the last two weeks I really have knit very very little because I've been working or I've been um, asleep basically um, as you can also tell as well I've got the mother of all head colds Although, if you think I sound bad today, you really should have heard me on Thursday. Um, really was struggling. I would have, I wanted to get an episode out earlier but this week, but it just wasn't going to happen. So, I've done that. And the week before, so that's three weeks ago, I didn't do much knitting, but I did do quite a bit of spinning because I spun, and my husband was away that whole week. So I would come into the conservatory every night, even though it was unpainted at that point. Uh, enjoy the floor and I was spinning the yarn for extending the liesel and I was also spinning um, the lovely cheviot tops that I got from Shunkley's in my UK spinner Secret Santa Swap and it's really interesting because it looked purpley pink when it was all braided up but now I've separated it out and started spinning it it's much more peachy so I'm sort of quite intrigued by it as it's spinning I'm spinning it quite fine ish definitely finer than anything I spun for the liesel so it's just nice to let it be what it wants to be and then I'll worry about what I'm going to ply it with or what I'm going to do with it I'm tempted to ply it with a either a complementary con um solid color or maybe even a lilac that will just contrast a little bit with it but but not too much I don't want something opposite it on the color wheel I don't think but it's, um, it's, you know, we're, we're going quite nicely with that. On the wool sack front, I am trying to write up the pattern for the three-colour cable cushion. I've got the chart sorted, and if you could read a chart, then you can knit this pattern. But I want to put written instructions in as well, because I know not everybody enjoys reading a chart. But... Whereas a normal cable would be really easy because you just put, you know, knit two, stitch marker, purl one, cable three, front, knit three, you'd be sorted. Then we've got the added complication of, well, you're trying to pass different colours over. 
Um, so I'm trying to work out a way to put that into words without it being really, really cumbersome. And I'm struggling a little bit. But I have got someone from Guild who's going to test knit at the moment. I've ironed those wrinkles out. And then I'm going to actually publish a pattern. I mean, it's only going to be a free one um, available for the website, uh, Woolsack website. But how exciting is that? On another Woolsack front, I took all my British braids, <laughs> Aaron Waite, to Spinning Guild last week and did a little bit of a launch towards our stuffing event that's going to take place in April. Let me just roll back a bit to the run-up to the Harrogate uh, show where I helped out on the Woolstack stand. I got really excited about the Woolstack project and I took advantage of some offers that some companies were having. Blacker were selling potluck bags of the Aran at a very, very reasonable price. Um, Sheepfold were having a sale. Jameson and Smith were having an end-of-line sale for a whole load of colours. And I just, I, I think I was overtaken by the fumes. I was overtaken by the fumes and overtaken by the fact that I seemed to have a fair bit of money left after I'd done my Christmas shopping. Because um, I hadn't had to dip into, you know, wages or indeed my my yarn fund. And um, and I went crazy. And I bought quite a bit of Aaron White yarn. And... Obviously, I've done the little sheepies, and I've had a go at these two cable cushions, as well as the ones that I did for the um, Innsbruck Games set of cushions. But cold reality, as I was sorting everything out just before Christmas, came to me when I looked at it and looked at how much I had when I filled two 40-litre bins full of this yarn and, you know, cushions in progress, and went... I'm not going to knit this by the deadline. I, there's no way. Now, I can weave some, and I want to weave some, but, you know, I bought it to knit with two. So I thought, right, I'll take it along to Guild last Saturday and see if anybody would like to knit a small square to make Jane K.A.L.'s nine-patch cushion pattern, and we can start off our, our search for the... Woolsack drive in our guild. Well, goodness me, I took every size four and a half, five, five and a half needle I could find uh, and got my friend B to bring some along as well. And it was like vultures. Well, no, actually, I was going to say locusts. Vultures is, is not right. I suppose vultures over carrion, locusts over, over crops. But actually, no, it was like moths. In an unloved yarn stash, they just kind of, kind of went diving into it. We've got, I think, we ended up with seventeen small squares done, which we could put together to make. If I knit one more, could put together to make a kind of very harlequin cushion. But there are several groups together with similar colours, and people have actually taken away some yarn to make some more squares because they loved making the little squares. So. I'm actually hanging on to them for the moment until the February meeting and I'm going to see what comes back and then see how I can arrange them to make different covers. And then I'll just knit some main black backs because those are really, really easy um, and mindless to knit. But I couldn't believe how much, how excited they seemed to get about it. Now, whether that was because basically they were getting a chance to use somebody else's yarn, I don't know. But they were, 
they were really excited and I was really excited and I spent all of last Saturday's guild bobbing about like some kind of well it was it was like I'd had too much sugar and too much caffeine and not enough ordinary food I was getting a bit hyper um because I was so excited but it's just great I'm I'm really confident that we can get a really good batch of cushions one lady was knitting a cushion with a slip um using a, a moss stitch pattern using lots of British tapestry wool she found in her stash. It's all British, it's all wool. And she said she's never going to use it for the tapestry. So she's making this um, cushion using, just knitting two rows of each colour, one after the other. And because of it being the moss stitch pattern, it looks like tweed. It's absolutely gorgeous. Somebody else showed me, brought along a cushion she'd already made and showed it me. And it's lovely. It's different shades of blue that she spun. I think she might have dyed all the different shades of blue as well. And she's knitted it in Entrelac. So it's just gorgeous. So I am so excited and I'm so stoked about the stuffing event that we're going to hold in April that I'm just going to burst. I already know that the Felt Makers Guild in Frodsham, they started their wool sack cushions a week last Friday, and they were asking uh, one of their members who's also in our guild, well, where can we get them stuff? What can we do for stuffing them? So they're going to come to our stuffing event and stuff the cushions. So the, it's just, I'm so excited. It's just wonderful. So that's my wool sack update. Um, just excitement, excitement, and hopefully if my pattern writing skills aren't too poor, then uh, my cable... I'll be able to offer my cable pattern up um, for Woolsack as well, so that'd be really nice. Now, I promised a review last episode. I said I would review the fleece and fibre source book, but with everything that's been going on with work and trying to work out on the decorating here at home, it just hasn't happened. So I'm afraid to say the review that isn't, you know, is the fleece and fibre source book. The review that is, is of Shunkley's Cheviot, really, that it, it's just really, really nice to use. It's a, quite a tight braid, but I've separated it out and pre-drafted it, and it's spinning up a dream. It's got a nice handle to it. I've not spun Cheviot before. The colours are nice. They're, they're warm and they're quite even. There's no splotchiness. No dye is coming off on my hands, which is always a good point. I've seen people end up with brightly coloured hands um, and this dye all seems really really firm so it's really nice to use so I would really recommend going and checking out any of Shunkley's fibres they're really nice so that's my, my little review I forgot to mention in the um, little trailer <laughs> bit, I would, can you see I've been listening to lots of electric sheep and Caithness Craft Collective and Knitted Journey and Dutch Gemma where everyone, you know, they all tell you what segments are coming up. You see, I don't really do that because I don't sit down and write anything. <laughs> I just I just sit down and waffle on. So, sorry about that. But um, I didn't mention the something I really like. My something I really like all over Christmas was all of the, just the BBC drama. 
I mean, I love costume drama anyway, and I think I may have mentioned that before. I do, if I feel down or I feel low, then putting on the 1995 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth and Jennifer Hale always perks me up no end. I love Jane Austen anyway, and I love Elizabeth Gaskell, so any adaptation of those will, will see me right. But I enjoyed this year the um, adaptation of Great Expectations. Um, it had Gillian Anderson from The X-Files in as Miss Havisham, and she made a, a glorious Miss Havisham. She was very fey and little girly. But I often think that that is how she would have been. Because she was so damaged and so unhinged by being jilted that I could see that that would be her way. She was trapped perpetually in this little girl lost space. So it's really interesting. When you imagine Miss Havisham, it's really easy to imagine her as a very old lady. Because, of course, our understanding of what old is is very different to what Victorians were. But I think Gillian Anderson was about the right age. As she points out, she's very nearly 50 herself. And I think Miss Havisham would have been around about that age. Not an old crone of 75. But it was very good. The only thing that I would have complained about it is that not once... Not once did Doe Gargery say, what larks, Pip? And I was really looking forward to that. I love that. It's, Great Expectations is the only Dickens I have read. And I just really liked the little characterisation bits that helped you remember who was who. Like Wemmick's Pillar Box Mouth and Aged P. And uh, Joe Gargery saying, what larks, Pip, all the time. And those bits weren't there. But I suppose if... You're trying to bring something down to a three-hour adaptation. You know, something's got to go, hasn't it? Birdsong is currently being adapted and shown on Sundays here. Sebastian Falk's book about the First World War. I haven't watched the first episode yet, but I'm going to see if I can catch it on iPlayer before it goes. But that looks really, really good. So that's something I really like. BBC adaptations. Now... Last episode, it was my podiversary, and I put up for offer two skeins of posh yarn, one of lace weight and one of sock yarn, sock weight. And I'm delighted we've had over 50 entries. Now, there is still time, still time for you to enter that giveaway. All you need to do is leave a message on the show notes at www.yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com or www.yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com or you can go and leave a message over in the listeners group on Ravelry or you can shoot me an email at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com and tell me why you would like to win a particular skein. You can tell me if you, why you'd like to win one or the other or you can tell me why you'd like to win either of them I don't mind you can enter for both that's not a problem and I said originally I would draw that out on the 31st of January well that is next Tuesday and I am not going to get an episode out next Tuesday because I know what my diary is like next week so I'm going to extend it to a week today I'm going to extend the competition through to Saturday 
the 4th of February. And I will, well, the, the morning of Saturday, the 4th of February. So I will be seeing if I can do um, an episode at some point over the weekend. Very, it's quite a tight weekend next weekend, but we'll see what we can do. Um, and we'll then... I'll announce the winner of those giveaways and you can help me in my grand move to D-Stash. It's all very exciting here. For the first time in several years, the downstairs of my house feels like I could actually have people over. I know that sounds really terrible, but I, I'm not great at housework. Not that I'm not great at housework, because I do, you know, I'll do it. That's not a problem. But... Because my work extends so much into my evenings and my weekends, then I never feel I have any downtime if I'm then whizzing around and trying to do everything and spend time with the husband and everything else. But of course, in the run-up to Christmas, getting everything ready to have people in and getting everything ready for decoration has forced that. So just the downstairs of the house is glorious at the moment and it's just absolutely wonderful. So I may even put a photo up in the show notes to show you my lovely conservatory. I've got, we've had a complete change of colour scheme. So instead of warm sands, we've got in the sitting room and dining room, we've got this gorgeous light, fresh green, quite yellowy, um, but it's just gorgeous. Got new curtains, fabulous new curtains with um, green with duck egg and teal tulips on them with brown, chocolate brown stems. Just colours that I love together. Lime and chocolate work really, really nicely. Um, green and teal work really, really nicely. So they're all lovely. So the next stop is the little bedroom, which is where a lot of the crafting stuff is. And the office, which is where 10 years worth of detritus for working in the authority I, I work in has silted up. And we were discussing... And we've decided that what we're going to try and do is we have to reduce the number of books we have. We have too many books. We, we literally do have too many books. So we need to reduce the amount of books we have. I have to let some go. I have to wade through the work things and decide which bits are no longer applicable because of the changes that have come in in education in the last 10 years. And let those go. And because both of us now work on laptops and we tend to do our work in the dining room or the lounge, do we need a huge big desk that's set up with a big workstation that we don't use and we pile stuff on anymore? Probably not. So we're thinking we need to get rid of that as well and actually turn the office, which was the garage, it was the converter from the garage, turn it into a kind of a hobby room so all the crafty things can be stored there. So... It's going to be quite a lot of work, I think, to sort through the stuff, but I am quite excited about that. So that could be the 2012 project. 2011 project was the conservatory, and I'm just delighted with it, even though it's sort of obviously gone into 2012. But the 2012 project could well be sorting out the office space into a hobby room. So I will keep you posted. Remember, I love to hear things from my listeners. I'm really sorry to, as somebody did say they wanted to hear more about weaving um, in one of the competition entries. I'd love to tell you more about weaving. At the moment, I haven't done anything other than that one wrap. But when I actually warp up the loom for doing a cushion, I will keep you posted, I promise. Feel free to drop me a line. 
And feel free as well to go and pop in a pin on the listeners map. I know I've got listeners in Slovakia or Slovenia. Or both, actually. I've seen both. Puerto Rico. Moldova. China. Lots of listeners in China. Put a pin in the listeners map. Go on. Let me see. It's still predominantly the US and Britain with some Western Europe, a couple of Scandinavia and half a dozen in Australia. Go and put a pin in that listeners map. Show me where you are. Anyway, until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>